Hi, this is Joe Rubenstein, and you're listening to the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. Greetings, Cap fans, and welcome to episode 69 of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. I am your host, Rick Verbanis, and as always, I am joined by the best gosh darn co-host out there. That would be Mr. Bob Lucius. Hey, Bob. Hello. Bonjour. Hola. Ciao. Hola. Good day. Ya. Zrevo. Privet. Ni hao. Konnichiwa. Merhaba. Guten Tag. Hello. Selamat siang, Pak. Apa kabar? Yeah, what he said. <laughs> oh, well, welcome to the international episode of Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. We are excited today uh, to get into our uh, conversation about international Captain America comic books. Um, we had originally on this show uh, uh, a couple people um, scheduled, but uh, Ken Worthing, unfortunately, is under the weather and cannot join us from the UK. But we are very excited to bring on from the sunny West Coast, California, that would be Mr. Ralph Warner. Ralph, welcome to the show. Strasuti. You forgot that one. Or you went with the easier version of Privet. I I did. I we're all about ease here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, I get it. it's 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 a tongue twister to say the 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 very formal Russian version of hello. So. Yes, and and I do try to keep it formal when I'm talking with Bob, uh, as opposed to friendly. But uh, I did go with the easier one this time, simply because. Um, I ran out of time to, to re- research, not research, but to rehearse these. So, uh, but uh, anyway, welcome, welcome to the show. Um, we're very excited uh, because, you know, we, we, uh, we've been doing the podcast for, for over a year, right? This is episode 69. Um, and we, much to my surprise, um, we have listeners from all over the world uh, who enjoy, well, okay. Maybe they don't enjoy, but they listen, uh, and they're they're uh, from all over the world. So seventy nine percent of our listeners are from the United States. That leaves I'm not a math major, but a whopping twenty one percent that are from other countries. So uh, we figured it would be fun to uh, discuss Captain America comic books that are from other countries. Um, and then also I'll, I'll mention too um, in our our Facebook group uh, as well um, a, a good amount of people um, in our Facebook group also uh, do come from um, other countries. Uh, so, um, you know, we have anywhere from United Kingdom to Brazil, Canada, Mexico, Spain, Philippines, Italy, France, Australia, you name it, um, members in our Facebook group and our podcast. So this one is not only for those members, but for uh, many of us who are in America, who maybe don't know much about the international versions of these comics. I mean, we see these great posts by you, Ralph, and and Ken, and, and a few others in our group that randomly will post these Captain America versions from different countries. And it's new to me, uh, I, and I know it's new to a lot of others here. So we're looking forward to that conversation. Does it seem like when you see these, you're seeing something familiar, but just in a different way? Yeah. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. It's like, it, yep, it's it's like the Star Trek mirror universe in some ways, right? It's it's familiar, and yet there's something different that you quite can't quite put your finger on sometimes, but it's always intriguing. Yeah, I, I think that's the appeal for me is is like, hey, I know that, and yet wait, that's different, and so it's fascinating to see what each country does making their changes. It's not always just the language either. So let's start, since we are Captain America comic book fans, um, let's start a little bit about that. Uh, so, or, you know, you've been collecting comp, uh, Captain America comic books for uh, quite some time, right? So maybe talk a little bit about that, how you got into Cap. Are you still collecting Cap? Uh, and and what's, what's your, you know, your love for the character? I'm still collecting, still reading, still keeping up with the new books. Um, and I first started 1976. I've been reading comics for about a year. Started like with many during that decade. The, the gateway comic was Richie Rich, Harvey Comics. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, slowly but surely, you start winning yourself off of that and discovering superheroes and Marvel and DC. And this is right before the Bicentennial, 1976. Mm -hmm. And out comes Captain America and the Falcon, number 200. And that was my first. That's what hooked me. Um, you know, sure, it was, was Kirby in his funky 70s, but uh, that's what got my attention. And it uh, didn't quite, you know, it, it, I bought a couple after that and then kind of lost track. And then came back to it about a year later with uh, the one where he's blind on the cover, 212. And then I'd been collecting, I think I did a 17-year stint since then. And um, um, after that, they brought in back Sal Buscema. Uh, I had no idea he'd done an earlier run, but that's what really, really hooked me. First it was Kirby, and then it was Buscema in there. So. Indeed. Buscema is one of my favorites as well, if not, if, if not my favorite. But um, so is there a particular uh time period or maybe a particular story arc or even a creative team that you would uh, would uh, rank up there as as your favorites yeah certainly after sal left and they kind of had a rotating writers and artists there for a little bit in the late 70s and i'm still enjoying it uh, then 1980 to bring in um uh, roger stern john byrne uh, joseph and i know is it rubenstein or ruben <laughs> I, I know I, I, I forget we we had him on the show uh one of our earlier interviews uh we had him on uh, episode eight i did ask him that question he did give me the answer i have completely forgotten was it jim shooter talking about that that was no, jim, that <laughs> jim jim was not sure about uh jm de uh, oh, D, oh that's yeah. right yes yes but Rubenstein, Rubenstein, I, sorry, Joe, I yeah, can't remember. Sorry. I love Maybe we all need to go back and listen to episode yeah, eight. I, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> but yeah, when those guys came along, 1980, and it's also, you know, hitting that perfect age for comics. I've been reading for, I think, five years, but by then I was 14 and really liked what Marvel was doing, liked what Jim Shooter was doing. You know, Iron Man with Bob Layton was going great. Of course, the X-Men, loved the X-Men. Uh, and then here was the same artist from the X-Men suddenly on Captain America. And it was wonderful, but we all know it didn't last as long as we liked. So, but yeah, that, that was Alas. probably the pinnacle for me. But you're still collecting? Yes. Excellent. And, 
and that's maybe one of the reasons I've gotten into international comics because I locked up. Um, certainly, I don't have the financial means to to go deep into the golden age. Although I got about five of those books. That's but five I've, more than me. Yeah, they're 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 not exactly cheap anymore. So, um, but I pretty much locked up about ten years ago the uh, cap uh, run during Tales of Suspense. And you know, got Avengers four and got uh, uh, Strange Tales one fourteen, so kind of locked up that modern run um, about ten years ago, and so you, I sat there and said, well, what else do I get? There, there's certainly a lot of collectibles, uh, toys, and all that, but uh, certainly the international books kind of filled that need. We're like, well, hey, there's some runs here I need to go get, and some significant runs in some countries that lasted quite a while. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really interesting, too, because I think I've heard a few people give a similar um, story, you know, who are our age. Right. Um, so, you know, we get to a point where after decades of collecting, you know, we fill our run. Right. We 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 you know, we finish those. You know, I, I was in a similar boat. I finished, um, you know, 100 to current. I finished the, the 58 through 99 of Tales of Suspense. I got the grail, I got the Avengers four, you know, and then strange tales and then, you know, the Sergeant Fury. Right. And then you got your like, bicentennial right. battles. Right. Oh, you saw that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so then I was like, yeah, I'm like you, like, which way do you go? You know, you can go golden age, which as you said, pretty expensive. Um, or you, you know, and what I end up doing is I went original art, uh, I, I, which is equally expensive. Uh, but, but you went, international so that's that's really cool so you said about 10 years ago you started collecting international and how did you get started well actually it started long before that but uh, i think it was just once i locked in the american run i thought well hey maybe i need to focus more on on getting these international books but it started way before that so i was thinking what was my first international cap book we'll be right back after this pause it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And I seem to recall maybe in the late 70s, I was poking around in a comic store in Berkeley, uh, California. And you, you, it was, this was great. If you went to comic stores back then, it was like hidden gold. Sometimes there were some pretty dark corners of these stores, but you could find stuff. And I found an issue of Captain America 202. And it had been out maybe, I don't know, three years by then. Mm-hmm. 
but it looked exactly like the American copy, only at the top they had color spelt with a U. Instead of a cent on there, they had a P. Hmm. And I'm like, well, what is that? And of course, I didn't know at the time, you know, it's really the, the Pence uh, British version. But I had no knowledge of, of any of this stuff. I, we didn't have the internet to use. So I just, for some reason, I got it in my head like, oh, this must be a Canadian copy. Kind of like we get pennies coming over the border sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I think, mm-hmm. All right, maybe we've got a Canadian copy. Well, that was wrong. And I think that was probably my only international book for for a good 10 years because I really didn't focus on this or think about it during the 80s. Mm-hmm. And then finally took my first international flight to England and Scotland uh, in 1990 and found a comic book store. And I was finding these weekly comics that they do. Now, they weren't necessarily, I think I found some of the Captain America ones. But at that time, it was some late 80s um, uh, D. Mateus, uh, Kevin McGuire, uh, Justice League. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting to see, like, hey, sometimes these are printed in black and white. They had some John Byrne Man of Steel as well. Sometimes they're color, um, but sometimes they cut up the story since it's a weekly, the last, you know, throughout the month. Sometimes they tape a toy to the front. I'm like, well, that's strange. Huh. So that got me, I think, getting my first uh, handful of international books. I got got to ask you a question. I'm sorry to pause right there because I think there's some of us that may have the same horrified thought in your head when they heard you say tape a toy to the cover. Please tell me it was in a plastic bag. No, no, no. It was tape. It was tape. (sighs) Yeah. So and sometimes there were buttons and other things. uh, And and other comments, they do posters inside. I think that works better. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So I think the best thing is you just kind of leave it and and don't fuss with it because it's going to tear. So, yeah. um, and at that time, they, I think people were still looking at those weeklies as disposable and not worth a lot. Mm-hmm. So that's changed with a lot of these international books that were, um, whereas America, I think we were starting to appreciate more of the Marvel and DC and older comics. It still took a little longer in some countries, I think, to, to have that kick in. Yeah. Hey, you know, I, I have, I think I have, well, I, I do have the Captain Britain uh, Captain America run from from the you know the volume one of Captain Britain, but but I, I think of like the the only real international comic I have is uh, an Italian version of uh, Tales of Suspense eighty, and when I got it at the time, it was just like something I was like oh that's kind of unusual I'm going to get that the price was cheap you know I, I saw it on eBay. But I traveled a lot, you know, in my career. I lived in Indonesia, lived in Vietnam, traveled all over Asia. And it never occurred to me uh, to even like go out and look for uh, international variants of these comic books. And so when I was in the group, uh, this was really an educational process for me to like see these posts and to realize that, oh my God, there's, they print these things all over the world. Um, and that's been like fascinating for me. But is is there like a big international? I mean, is there a market like a collector's market? How big is this? Uh, the collecting it's, scene for international comics. It is growing. Uh, I went through a number of years um, just uh, thinking I was the only one there, mm-hmm. and still learning and what I could find looking on eBay. And then about eight years ago, found a group: uh, Matthew uh, Roybal and a bunch of others. Uh, of uh, international collectors, including Ken, and um, found that group and realized, wow, 
I'm not the only one. There are a lot of people collecting. There are some like Ken that focus mostly on Captain America and go a lot deeper than I go with this stuff. And then a lot more research. And that's part of the fun is you're playing that detective. You're finding out, all right, when was this, uh, you know, what changes did they make to the book? What was happening? Um, and, and some things I can't be absolutely sure about, but I do know some of the the golden age Brazil, Captain America, that didn't come until uh, Brazil kind of sided with the allies because early on they were playing both sides because, you know, they, they could do business with both sides. And finally the Nazis got caught tinkering around in the, um, um, in the Brazil doing some things they shouldn't. Now, someone correct me if I'm wrong, but this is, I remember reading up on this and I, I you know, I can't be sure, but then I'm like, oh, yeah, then after that time, you see a lot more pro-American stuff in, in the mm. comics. So, so piecing those things together, you think, well, you know, you can't be absolutely sure. I like to talk to some people from that time, but it seems like maybe that's that's was a motivating factor to let some of the stuff be published. Now, I mean, it it, it seems to me, I mean, all the countries we uh, out there that you're collecting from, there's got to be some countries that are harder to find you know products are harder to find than others and it may be because of the climate or just the sort of paper things were printed on or just the just the amount that was published in those particular countries but are, are there any countries that are that are harder to like find good stuff in than than others i think so and certainly quality you know you can get the uh, la prensa books from mexico but getting them in a high quality is tougher but they are there. Um, from my own personal experience, it may be just finding the right person that's tracking these things down because there are people in different countries that will go and find these books and then say, hey, you're interested in this? You know, they, they have their buyers. So and that's how ah. a lot of these guys are uh, um, getting the books to us. And that's sometimes what they do. They, they're book finders. And um, that's how I've been able to find a lot of these Indonesian books, which... I didn't see any of that before. Um, I have not gotten a single South American book, but there were some books there. So I would say that might be one of the toughest runs. Um, if Ken was here, he could fill us in. He has a great website, which we should definitely plug. KenWorthing.com, is it? Like yes, yes, it here. is. Mm -hmm. I always go to his site for reference. It's like, all right, does he have this or or? you know, getting information. So, so right now in my eyes, he's kind of the authority. He goes a lot deeper with this stuff and he's got some South African books in there and I have yet to either find a buyer for that or find that, but you know, that stuff gets gobbled up quickly. There are occasionally some books from the Philippines, but I think they're, they're just kind of all over the place. So um, I don't think there was an official Captain America run, but you just see the occasional marvel comic and they change a little of the cover dressing and the, the language and then put it out but i'm sure cap made a few of those um, so you know with these different countries um you know it's interesting what you're saying as far as like you know you how do you you get them like you basically said well you know i know a guy right i mean <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of yeah. how some of these you know work out but um, but as far as like pricing is concerned, you know, like I, I'm just kind of curious, uh, obviously when it comes to collectibles, it's like, you know, supply and demand, right. And, and, and we see that in, in as far as, you know, if there's a high print run, 
low demand, you can get stuff in you know pennies on the dollar. If it's a, if it's the opposite, it's it's scarce um, and high demand. Well, then you're you're paying an arm and a leg. With these being, I guess it sounds like they're scarce, but it also sounds like there's not a huge demand. So what? How does that work out? Like, what does pricing go for? Like some sort of comic in there are some countries that, you know, it's because they're harder to find than others, that, that those prices are higher. Well, really, there's no price guide for these things. And it's just all over the place. And so it's whatever price you'd pay, like for a lot of this stuff. Um, and it is demand versus scarcity. Um, in the past, usually these things would go for less because there wasn't really a demand, especially in the U.S., but that is growing. And so, um, so there wouldn't be a big demand for this. Um, in some countries, they did print a lot of the books. Others, they are tougher to find and tougher to find in, in great condition. Uh, but some people believe that it's starting to change where people are realizing, oh, okay, we shouldn't price these things as being, oh, they're not the original US version. Let's charge less for this as less value. They're realizing, yeah, they are a little more scarce. And they should be worth more. So I think that's we're in the process of that changing now, perhaps. Hmm. So but if it, I have a, um, I don't know, let's say I have Captain America 100. Yeah. Right. And in it's a 6.0, you know, average condition. Uh, it goes for, you know, whatever in, in, in the United States. How would that compare to a issue 100 6.0? in Spain or Brazil or Japan? Like, does that, right? I don't even know if those exist, but I'm just using it as an example um, just to see, you know, how, how, how do these prices compare? Well, I think they're still lower, but like I said, it's in the process of changing and it's really what people will pay. So certainly there isn't as big of a demand, but there are those niche groups and they realize, oh, this one's rare. Oh, I can't find that really rare uh, Australian version. So they may pony up more money um, than it, you might have in a U.S. version. But for the most part, I think it still seems to be cheaper. And it really depends on which country. You know, like I said, Brazil had a long run and printed a lot of copies of books. Italy did. Uh, whereas finding that like a rare like I said, a rare version um, in Australia of, of Avengers number one, Horwitz version, that's, that seems to be one that a lot of foreign collectors really want to find and is really worth a lot of money. But, you know, I haven't compared it to what a USA Avengers number one would be. So mm -hmm. I do find, because I know we're thinking about what are the price differences. And like I said, it's, it's all over the board. But I have noticed when I buy the, the Golden Age Brazilian Captain Americas. Uh, they usually were in a book called uh, Oguri, I believe it's called, uh, and some other books. And I could still buy those where I'm kind of priced out of the golden age because it's about one tenth of the price. It's going hmm. up. People mm -hmm. are, like I said, are waking up to these books. But right now, currently, you know, I can get one of these books for a few hundred dollars, whereas the U.S. version is going to be uh, put another zero on that. It's going to be the thousands. I, uh, you know, as I said, Ralph, I, I, I lived, I worked in Indonesia. I speak Indonesian. 
I never occurred to me to look for an Indonesian comic book while I was there, which is a shame because I know they, they had quite a, a domestic market for comics. Um, but whenever somebody posts uh, an Indonesian comic, like when you do or, or other folks, and I, and I look at it, it just it makes my heart sing a little bit because I could actually understand uh, the text. And I'm like, oh, man, I wish I had these because I, I would love to read these. Uh, are there, do you speak any language? Are there any of these books in other languages that, that you get and you can read? And, and um, or I mean, not that it's necessary, right? Because you can still enjoy just the collecting aspect of it. But I'm curious if uh, from that perspective, if, um, if there's a certain affinity for particular countries or languages that appeal to you. Well, I'm certainly not fluent in any language, but living in California and taking a, a few classes, you, you know, you can get some Spanish in. Oh, yeah. And then um, high school, I had a unique opportunity to take Russian. So I took okay. that one year of college. So I got five years of Russian. Completely forgot most of my life. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, you know, let's be honest, Captain America might be a tough sell in, in Russia. <laughs> uh, but you never know. I mean, never there, know. a lot of the, the Marvel stuff is global now. And I've been very shocked to find Captain America having significant runs in some countries. So you never know. In fact, Russia is kind of going through a point right now where someone has a license to, to print Marvel material and they're doing all the key issues. So suddenly there's a Russian Hulk 181 this or that so it's not like it came out shortly after the original run but they're like hey these are the key ones let's print these put them out there and people are going to go crazy for them and so far they have but people are kind of realizing yeah there are modern reprints and they can print a bunch so so we'll yeah. see if the price settles down yeah well, let, me, but, let me let me follow can i follow up on that ralph because yeah. i mean I've, I've often wondered that you know sometimes cap he's he's misjudged to be this super nationalist or or a tool of the u.s government um and i'm always struck um by his popularity around the world and this is even before uh the mcu right sort yeah. of bumped up his popularity through through cinema but I'm, I'm always surprised that he's popular enough in some countries to actually rate the publication of Cap versions there. And why do you suppose that is? What, what is it about Cap in some of these countries that makes him popular? I don't think Cap or I don't think America is quite as hated as some people think. Certainly there are some countries they don't like us. We know there's enemies out there, you know. But I think it's wrong to think that we don't have any allies out there. We don't have people that appreciate America, that they look at us as, hey, maybe they are, we can go there and start anew and be welcome to immigrants and try to have these high ideals. So I think there's some countries we don't always hear about it or think about it that, you know, they're, they're okay. I mean, there are allies. Certainly Spain seems to kind of be okay with America. Certainly we've had a, a special connection with the UK and Canada. Uh, Mexico is right next door. They've had a significant run. But, you know, I'm surprised there are a decent amount of books uh, on cap in France. Uh, and maybe it's more modern times have been, we've had more of a division with France and, and <laughs> difference of opinions. But I think he's, he's more appreciated than we think. Um, certainly we're finding that out with a lot of the international posts on the, our, uh, the, the Facebook uh, group. Yeah. That's great to see. That's kind of one reason I enjoy posting my international books. It seems to give the, the not that say it's just me, but you know, 
it seems to get others say, hey, oh, wow, okay, we're li- we are a little more open and, and let's hear from more of the rest of the world. Well, and, I, think, uh, I think it's great because, it, I mean, it, it shows that CAP belongs to the world. Yeah, sure. Yeah, there yeah are there's certain certain ideals. ideals. Yeah. Yeah, there's certain ideals that, that can be uh, um, more global. Um, certainly our ideas of freedom and how things are when we start our country kind of uh, developed from some things out of Europe. So, I mean, it's not like we're, we're, we're exclusive with some of these things, but so, um, you, know, you, you mentioned uh, some of these other countries that you were, you know, surprised about. So, you know, when I did a little, you know, looking into this before uh, speaking with you, I, I saw, I was a little surprised to see Japan, you know, have a, a Captain America, um, but then, you know, Germany um, and the, but the, and, and not, not that, you know, because listen, it's been many decades re- removed and so generations removed as far as when, when, you know, went from enemies to allies and things like that. But it just, it seemed interesting to me because of the whole cap being part and in, in his history with world war ii right it's not like i don't know i don't know let's say uh, a hulk right like there's no bad blood in hulk's past in these other countries but there could have been some bad blood you know with captain america and some of these countries based on decades ago so that i found that to be a little interesting and then also uh, when I was looking uh, at, on Ken's site, um, there was uh, these German versions of Captain America. They did a reprint of Captain America comics number one, where Cap's punching out Hitler. Now, they did change because they, they can't have the Nazi symbol in, right. in the country. No right? right. So the swastika is, is, was changed uh, on the cover, but it was obvious Adolf Hitler. Um, and so that surprised me to see, to see that uh, in, in that country. So some of these things are just, um, I, you know, I just didn't expect. Well, we've had, like you said, decades since, and Germany's had time to reflect. So I'm sure most of the population think of Hitler as a bad person. So it's okay to print that. Certainly there are these revivals of uh, neo-Nazis and maybe people embracing the past. And, but I think for the most part, they look at uh, Hitler as a bad figure and are okay. Certainly we've, we've had the Marshall Plan for, you know, I don't know if it officially stopped or the history of that, but we kind of shaped these countries, Japan and Germany, to be more how we want them and be more receptive to uh, American ideals. So I think there, after decades of that, there is a market for that. But, you know, I, I've only found maybe four Captain America books in Japan. I'm not sure how they do the modern stuff, but there were some collections um, maybe about 40 years ago. I've only mm-hmm. been able to track down one, but there's about two or three other volumes. Not seeing a lot. So even though, yes, surprised to find them in Japan, but not a lot in Japan, though. Germany, there was more. I didn't see that start. He didn't get his own book to, I think, the digest format, maybe like the 1990s. But apparently he was being reprinted uh, in the back of some comics in the 70s. You have him in the Avengers, though. There was Avengers Mm -hmm. comic in Germany in the 70s. 
but I was told that the Tales of Suspense stuff was being reprinted in the back of, um, I was told a Shang-Chi uh, Master of Kung Fu reprint. So, mm-hmm. and someone took some of that. They took the, the Batrock uh, introduction of Sharon's story and someone repackaged that and used the old 70s trade dress for Germany and pretended like if he had his own comic. And that was a bootleg, definitely. But I picked one of those up when I was uh, in Europe years ago. But it, it, the story I was told by those people were that, yeah, Cap did have a 70s run, but it was in, hidden in the back of books rather than trumpeting them in the front of the cover. Well, it's, it's interesting, you know, about these, these other countries, right? So I, I, I'm, I'm taking a look at some of these, these Japanese version, right? And they have um, obviously using the, the Japanese lettering. Um, however, uh, it, it, the logo is like that, that curved red, white, and blue logo. And they, they, they have that, but it, it's in Japanese. Yeah. And so that's, that's kind of interesting that they went with that pattern, but you know, which leads me to like this, this next conversation about, about the differences, right? So we're, we've been talking about, you know, the, the market and the pricing and the scarcity, but we haven't really talked too much about, you know, the differences in the comics themselves, right? Uh, and some of the things that I've noticed, the obvious things, right? Especially from the images like you shared and some others in, in the Facebook group is that, you know, the coloring can be very much different. Uh, you know, we'll see Cap's uniform be different colored, the shield be different colored. Uh, sometimes his skin can be a different color. So can you, you talk a little bit about, uh, you know, how, how often that happens and, and maybe some of the reasoning behind it? Well, I suspect that the bad coloring jobs, or let's just say there were uh, not accurate coloring jobs. I would assume that they're getting black and white copies. They had not seen a color copy and Marvel and maybe Captain America weren't as global back then. So they had a guess. Um, so sometimes you had Captain America with blue shorts and looking like he had bare legs. Uh, right. See that was some, which always gets a laugh. Um, so, and that there's some uh, like the Yugoslavian ones, they did a run and the colors are just so off. It's so bad. So I have to assume it's only because they were getting black and white copies and had no color reference and just had to guess. And sometimes, you know, they're really printing, you know, not, I mean, we had fairly modern printing in the last several decades, but maybe some other countries were limited. So maybe they had to use what colors they had, perhaps. Um, but I guess for the most part, I think it's, they just didn't have the, the color reference. So, so tell me about the Yugoslavian ones, because I'm not familiar. Well, you said they were just really bad. Like, how bad were they? Well, the colors are kind of garish. They're off. I actually don't own any. So we'd have to go to, to uh, Ken's website to look at those. Uh, I've seen some other people post some recent ones of like the Avengers uh, 116 of Cap's Kooky Quartet. And the colors are just so, so completely off. Um, but yeah, I have yet to get any Yugoslavian books in my collection yet. So, yeah. so going along with, with these changes and, and, uh, not only coloring, but, you know, also, um, sometimes you see just brand new art style, like, like brand new art, right? I mean, mm. obviously with the different languages, you have re-lettering and, and, and that, um, but there's sometimes new panels new covers that are like brand new art. Now I've seen some covers where they took 
internal panels and they placed it on the cover uh, to make a, a new cover. But then I've seen some just brand new creations. Uh, and I, I think also inside as well. Any, like how often does that happen when there's new art created? And, and why do you think? Was, was this because there was censoring of something they didn't allow in that particular country? Like I, how often did that happen and why? I don't think it was so much censoring. Um, I am curious to some of the reasons, like we see in the early uh, Spain run of Captain America and Avengers, they had their own local artists painting the covers. Um, we've been getting some of those posted in the Facebook group uh, recently, and, and I'm sorry, I don't remember the artist's name, but SB, I think his last name could be. Um, those are usually based on the American ones, but you know, I posed the question to some, um, some people there from Spain but I don't think we quite got the answer of like, why is that? Is it a rule? Maybe they need to have some work from a local in there, but uh, um, they thought it might've been cost or something as a reason. Um, so I see new art sometimes with that. Other times I'll see new art uh, with the British weeklies. Uh, although I don't recall seeing it so much with the Captain America stuff, but I've seen it with the you know, old 70s story, like the man called Nova. Uh, mm -hmm. which is another character I love. And they, he was in a weekly uh, uh, UK book. And so they have a whole month book they need to spread out throughout several weeks. So they'll cut it, they'll chop it, like either halfway through the story or one third. And it needs to make sense. So when they come back the next week, they have to have some page that maybe makes sense. So that's where you would see some new art that's being done. I don't necessarily remember that with the um, the Captain America UK, which is why I wish Ken was here, but I'd have to go look, but I certainly know they were doing that with other books. And then you had some of these digests, especially from Spain. You know, they're completely cutting up the panels and rearranging, and you can really tell when they have the extended artwork in a panel, it just looks very crude, it looks bad, it's just they really hacked up the uh, the American version. So sometimes you get some new art on that. Is it is it also the way you were describing it? Is it also because of the the format, the layout, like the the printing is different size wise? It's not the same size as a U.S. comic, so maybe the it, you know the layout's different, so they have to kind of move things around. For the digest, yeah, it's definitely those digests are a lot thicker. They're making a. Uh, um, you know, a, what, 22-page story lasts 60 pages or more. So, um, yeah, they're stretching it out. Uh, they actually did it with the Burn, Baron Blood story, um, one of the Indonesian books, I believe, that I have, did mm -hmm. uh, paperback. And there was an American paperback of it. So, really, I guess it started there, where you have an American version that had to cut up all these panels and paste it into a pocketbook format and make it last longer. And, you know, they, they added some extra story to that. But, um, yeah, when you've got to change it to a pocketbook or digest format, they're, they're hacking up the original um, pages as we know them. So in a, uh, in, a, in a world of comic books out there, Ralph, there have to be some countries, some publishing houses that are uh, more special to you than others. And I'm not talking just in terms of, of rarity, but... Are there any out there that, you know, maybe because of aesthetics or just the wow factor that somehow are more special to you than, than maybe books from someplace else? Well, it's definitely the aesthetics, but the, the Italian books, especially from the 70s, the Corno books, and, you know, in, in the 
the 80s, they went with Star, and I guess there was multiple companies at one point. They're just heavier covers, more of that cardstock. The newspaper inside, the pulp is a little nicer. The print job's nicer. So yeah, those Italian books, I think, are some of my favorites. That They're just, uh, especially the Corno books from the 70s. Because many times they're printed better than the USA versions. You know, those of us growing up in the 70s or maybe going back and looking at some of those early print jobs in the 60s and 70s. We have very fond memories, but you know, try reading some of those letter pages. It's just like, oh yeah, printing's a little, little bad here. Right, right. You know, there. Uh, I'm, I'm actually, I want to follow up with that because um, you know, we're talking, you, you mentioned some publishing houses, but earlier you mentioned um, bootleg versions. And I know there's there were a lot of bootleg versions in other countries and do any of those stand out as, you know, as particularly interesting or rare or collectible? Um, no, not officially licensed publications, but, you know, more of the bootleg or one-off not, sort of things. I'm not sure if there's as many bootlegs as we think. You would think so. Mm-hmm. Certainly in terms of objects, like I know, like those marks, um, uh, plastic figures from the late 60s, I think Mexico in the early 70s was bootlegging those because you can make a, a mold from the plastic and start creating your own. And certainly people are out there, if you travel different countries, you can find different things that were bootlegs. But in terms of the comics, I don't know if there's that many bootlegs. I mean, I've got my, my bootleg German one, but that was a one-off, very small mm-hmm. print run. And that was originally done just for a small group at a convention. Um, but the Indonesian books, you know, I sometimes wonder, are these bootlegs or are these? Well, that's what I was thinking because <laughs> yeah. there, I know how much is bootleg there. I mean, I used to go down to the black market and you know, get DVDs or books, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. And they were all bootleg. So, I mean, I just assumed that a lot of those were, were bootleg, but maybe not. I'm thinking they are. Um, certainly someone can, if has more knowledge, can correct me. They certainly feel like they are. Uh, it seems like some of the things I'm finding are ones that, you know, they're reproducing coloring books, which the art's a lot easier to reproduce, you know, with that black and white. Um, so it, it feels like it's just all over the place. There was no run. It was just, they do feel like bootlegs. Mm-hmm. But, you know, some real fascinating things. I mean, we found with one of them um, for the Strange Tales uh, 114 story, they completely redid that in a local artist uh, uh, style in the late 70s. So they kind of modernized haircuts and Sue's haircut because the original story looked very early 60s. And so those things are fascinating, even though it's not official, it's a bootleg, but it's like, wow, someone took the time to redo this whole comic in their style. And this is kind of cool. That is cool. Please, I mean, I, I don't, do you have that? You have that yeah, yeah. Share, I, I, please I share it, it on in the group. But did you? Oh, I must have missed I did, it. Yeah, yeah. I got to check you, that out. I found if you click on my name, and the uh, uh, when you're in the uh, the Facebook group, it mm-hmm. will take to you all my posts, and you could scroll back. You know, I was right. there since I think April of. I wasn't with the very first that when you opened it up, but you know, within a couple of weeks. So oh yeah, um, yeah. Ralph goes way back. Hmm. So there, there's, yeah. So you can find it in there. You go All back right. far enough. There's I'll check it out. Probably early part of last year or not last year. Now the uh, 20. Oh, what year are we in now? Boy. So it was 2020. 2020. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I just want to let you know, Ralph, um, you know, prior to coming on here, I did exactly that. I went in and I looked at all your stuff because I like to do my research before I come on the show. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like we're building to something. Uh, uh, just, I'm just messing with Bob. Uh, no, no, because you... you and, and maybe I'll ask one last question, but I do want to get into some of your stuff on Facebook here in a moment. Um, for those are, that are listening, and this is probably not the, not, the, not the question you want to answer because you don't want to create more competition for yourself. Right. But if someone wanted to start collecting international comics, you know, um, where do they begin? Well, I can think of three different places you can start all with different uh, uh, variations on, on pluses and minuses here. Uh, certainly you can go to eBay and do a search. Uh, it helps if you know some of the titles from different countries, like instead of Captain, you go Capitan, or mm. I'm not sure how it's pronounced in Portuguese for Brazil, but they put uh, Capitao or however you pronounce it, mm-hmm. but the spelling. Mm-hmm. So that will help. There used to be a function where you can click on international uh, editions. I haven't found that recently, so I think they've changed that. But if mm. you dig, you can find it. Now, that's the easy way. The bad side is a lot of that stuff sits on there because it is overpriced, and they will get you on the shipping. Yeah. So maybe it's a $15 book, but it's going to cost you 30 to ship it. Um, and that's not necessarily the seller trying to gouge us. Right. It legitimately does cost a lot to ship to certain countries. And it doesn't mean necessarily we ship to that country. It's the same price. It maybe it's, it's okay for us, but the ship to the U S it may be more, it varies. Mm -hmm. Um, But I found another better way with some of this, especially I I know, especially on, on eBay. Well, actually let's just say that if you go to, I think the bottom of the eBay uh, homepage, there are, if you, fuss with it there are little things where you can click on the international ebay uh websites and go look at that now yes it helps to know the language you can kind of figure some stuff out but you want to know do they do international shipping will they take paypal or however you want to pay mm-hmm. um i found some people are a little more hesitant with uh, western union because you pay and there's not always some evidence there so i think i do recommend paypal is a better way to do it uh, PayPal will charge their fees too, uh, whether you want to do friends and family or not. So there are some things about extra costs that might jump in there too. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly that's a way you can start looking at different eBay sites in different countries and see what's out there at least. Um, another fun way, better way, I think to do it, but it's going to be more costly is just go to the countries. When you travel, do your research you know, we've got the internet now. I, we had to use the phone book 30 years ago. Look up comic shops, but but look for them on the website. Uh, Make sure, especially if you're in Europe, they're the type of um, uh, comic shop you're looking for. Some are just more modern comics. Maybe it's a Panini, who's the uh, publisher of a lot of uh, Marvel today. Make There are literally Panini stores, just nothing mm-hmm. but uh, the newer comics. Some of these stores are more geared for anime and manga and toys and less about the Marvel comics, but occasionally you'll find us uh, or the graphic novels, the, the, the uh, European graphic novels, but occasionally you got to find that right store that has the, the Marvel stuff or DC um, that is uh, got back issues. And when you find that, usually you can get them a lot cheaper than you see them online. 
Um, certainly it's not necessarily the people online trying to gouge you, but you know, they may need a finder's fee and they need shipping fee and they need to pay, make a profit too. Right. But this is why I kind of hesitate buying some of the, the Italian ones online because I know some of these books I can get for much cheaper, maybe five euros each if they're not a key book or an early book in Italy. Plus, you know, the fun part is you get to go to Italy. You get to see all <laughs> the other stuff. So it's, it's worth it for me to wait and just go back to Italy. So what but, I'm you know, hearing you say, Ralph, is I have to convince my wife that I have to go to Jakarta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so okay. Not, not that I'm going to hold much weight with your wife. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but yeah, and, that, and there you go. And, it's, and when we go to pick our next location, it's, it's based on where can we find international versions of Captain America, <laughs> but they don't need to know that. They don't need to know that, right. <laughs> A lot of my travel plans, not so much for comics, but are, are based on art museums. So, I mean, you, you have your motivation. Although right. I'm getting some heavy pressure from my girlfriend here to go to Vietnam, which is where she's from. I don't think there's much of a comic market there. Certainly not Captain America, but I've been surprised that they're not as resistant to America as I would think for the country you used to go to war with. Hmm. Um, I've seen people wearing American flag t-shirts, you know, in pictures with friends there. So it's, it's opening up, but I don't think there's any Captain America comics there. Maybe there's a layover. Maybe there's a layover you could plan. You know, it's like, oh, look, we have to, we can't get a direct flight to Vietnam, but maybe we get this layover in, you know, this country. I don't know. Yeah, you never know. You never know. I, I lived there for many years, Rick, and I, uh, Ralph, and I'll tell you that uh, they do love Americans. Unfortunately, they don't have much of a domestic uh, sort of comic manga, you know, a little bit, but yeah. but comics never really sort of took off there uh, until recently. Uh, but I that I hear that's that's where they make Funkos, right? So maybe you can, really? uh, okay. you can score a bunch of those there. Oh, there you go. I did not know that, Bob. Mm-hmm. All right. There you go, Bob. I learned something today. Did my research. Well, I mean, I learned a lot of stuff thanks to Ralph. <laughs> but I <laughs> well, and then the final place to look for, it might be your, your best shot, but this is again, as you suggested, might kind of cut into to my uh, my looking. There's on Facebook another group called the uh, Foreign Collectors Comics or something. Um, a bunch of people are moderators there. Ken is a moderator there, uh, Matthew Royble, and a bunch of others. There's some other people. And you also have a lot of people uh, selling there quite a bit. Hmm. So constantly they're putting books there saying, here's the price. You've got to post a price or not for sale. Um, and you get a really good idea of what's out there not just Captain America, but, you know, uh, what people like collecting. And there's the price. Some of the stuff will sit if people feel like, oh, this is too high. Others, people put a claim on it. And that's where I've made a lot of relations with these international buyers. So, you know, Indonesia, I uh, got a whole bunch of books from Greece that are coming. because I know my, my collection there was pretty poor. So, so I've got some books from there, um, others from Spain and Mexico. So it's just a lot of those that I've been posting recently are all from uh, um, book finders in those countries. Mm-hmm. And yes, some can be pricey, but you know, they say, here's the price. Maybe, you know, you can haggle. I don't know. I'm not, I hate haggling. So I just say, this is the price, take it or leave it. Uh, there will be, you, you build a relationship with them. Um, so most of them will take PayPal. I've only had one that wanted uh, Western Union. And I said, no, nah, I heard that's kind of risky. 
Um, so I really haven't had any problems. Some will take a while to ship, but I've had others ship, you know, from Brazil, take a week uh, or two or from Spain. So some ships quickly. Wow. Um, That's which great. I've been surprised about. But a lot of that is just building relationships with those buyers. And then they know they'll, they'll upsell you. It's like, hey, you want to buy this book? But I got these books too. Of course. And normally you might kind of like, oh, you know, lay off, don't keep selling me. No, these are things that potentially you might like. And yeah, I have one guy, he was, he was set me up with uh, the Brazilian stuff from the, the 80s and 90s. And he thought that's all I like was cat from there. And then he posted, uh, rather than giving me first crack at it, he gave, um, he posted on the regular group, a golden age Captain America book. I'm like, dude, like you should have gone to me first. He didn't know. He didn't know I was into that yeah. too. So um, yeah. So it's just building relationships there, but it's the foreign collectors comic group or something like that. And it's on, the, on Facebook. So I recommend going there and just look and, and usually if it's something that people want to buy, you got to jump on, make a claim quick. Uh, some of that stuff goes quick. Other stuff just sits, but that's, that's a good resource there. That, that's good advice. And I'm sure, you know, many of our listeners are in our Facebook group. So uh, you know, that'll be something they can check out if that just to, just to, for the very least, just to see what, you know, more in, examples out there, you know, besides, I hate to say it, besides Captain America, but, you know, the, just to, to check those out. I'm curious, though, um, have you seen any international versions of original art? for Captain America, right? Because you said some of these, sometimes they create new pages, uh, you know, for, as a transition or for whatever reason, have you ever seen any of those available? I have not. Doesn't mean it's not out there though. Um, but certainly that would be more rare. Um, you would think some of that was being reworked decades ago. And we know in our own country, uh, things were just starting to change probably in the 70s in terms of the value of art. Um, so I think some of the stuff was a little slower in other countries, especially if it's a reprint. You know, I think a lot of times they were sending a, a stats or an acetate uh, thing. If, if anyone knows the old graphic artist terms, mm-hmm. making copies that way. So they weren't necessarily those were original art if they reworked them. But the the original stuff they may have had to redo. Um I think occasionally I've seen the cover from uh, the, the artist from Spain, uh, mm-hmm. I think some people have some of those paintings around. Um, there's a, another famous artist from Mexico. He wasn't so much on Captain America, but they, uh, when they had to make a lot of those non-canon Spider-Mans, uh, artist Duran was doing a lot of the covers. Doing co- and you know, they, they do a sexy girl on the cover and mm-hmm. then Spider-Man fighting a villain. Like, oh, <laughs> What does that sexy girl really have to do to start? No, it's the sound. Uh, yeah. yeah, there's a so, formula. Yeah. So he's still alive. He did a signing last year. So a lot of people were, were getting book signed and artwork. Um, but the actual original art for some of those, I wasn't seeing that posted. So, so I think it's a lot rarer. I mean, this has just been so fascinating um, because this is a whole sort of side to to collecting uh, comics, but but in my interest area, Cap Comics, that I never really entertained, never even aware of before I joined the group, just like so many other things I've learned uh, since joining the group back in 2020. So um, this has been great. I really appreciate all this information, Ralph. Yeah, one of the things that I learned 
uh, is that Ralph in his own right is actually a pretty good artist. Uh, Ralph has, uh, has shared, uh, in the Facebook group, some, some original art that he's done of Captain America, uh, whether it's a, a cover recreation or a cover homage, uh, or something just completely original. Uh, one of my favorites is uh, a cover where Cap's standing there and he's, there's a diamond back draped over his body <laughs> and he's got this look of horror in his face and yelling Sharon, uh off off panel as, as sharon carter basically caught diamond back uh, all over steve that's one of my favorites that ralph's done well thank you i went in last year with a goal of let's let's get back to doing more art let's not make it something that feels like a task let's make it fun so let's just do a series of captain america either homage covers or original covers but even those turned into a lot of work where I wanted to, to you know, ink them, but then I eventually got to color them in Photoshop and, and it turned into too much work. So I have more, but they kind of stalled out in the Photoshop stage. So um, maybe I'll just get back to posting sketches. But uh, yeah, that's, that's uh, I'm a teacher and I teach arts along with some other subjects. Um, you know, you got to learn to teach other things. So I've been teaching math and general science and even some physics a year ago. Uh, but for the most part, I'm the art teacher, uh, teaching digital, uh, teaching photography, teaching art history, which I love, um, but traditional drawing and painting. And mm -hmm. that's where my degree is in illustration uh, from San Jose State down here in San Jose and worked 20 years as a graphic artist. So that's why I know about stats and acetate overlays and all that stuff. That's, that's the, it's like the old uh, language that old graphic artists, mm. know, Pikas and, and Amberlith and stuff. So. Uh, no one knows what that is today, except for us old uh, graphic artists. Do but, you uh, do you have a favorite uh, Captain America artist? I mean, I know you talked about joining with with the second runs of Kirby and, and Basima, and you really liked Burn. But did you have a, a favorite? I well, I mean, at some point you do like a lot of them. You appreciate many of them, and certainly John Byrne would be there again since I like that run. But I mean, you know. There's something about looking at Sal Buscema's art and just kind of nostalgic and makes, you know, makes you feel warm inside for those of us that grew up in the 70s. Uh, certainly, you know, Zach uh, uh, really captured um, the style of Cap great. And, you know, I mentioned that on the uh, Facebook page the other week where I really kind of miss the artists that have a distinct style and did a, a long run and can really sit there and and make their mark and you know when you can have artists that had um, a unique distinct style that maybe doesn't get all muddied up with the, the photoshop colors you know um, and just isn't got today's modern pressures of you got to get a monthly book out and you got to put in a fill-in artist and no one does a long run anymore you know there's there's uh, factors for why that happens but I do appreciate those artists in the past that very clear, very concise, very clean inking. Um, that stuff appeals to me. So yeah, Zach, fantastic. Uh, and really kind of going back and enjoying Kirby more. Mm -hmm. You know, like Kirby got me started, but like many, it was kind of funky and and certainly preferred burn more, but it's only in the last couple decades I go back and especially the last few years saying, well, you know, it's yeah you don't go to jack for you know necessarily the most beautifully drawn women 
or the most accurate drawn uh, machinery. Now, hold on now. But, hold on. Bob's well, yes. got a thing for Donna Marie. But Donna so you, Marie. Yeah, well, know. he did. Yeah, yeah, he did do some. Because um, he likes yeah. a square face. I do. I like yeah. I like a square face woman. <laughs> In fact, I was looking at, you know, that Alex Ross cover to, uh, I can't remember what issue it was. It was like 23, 24 in the, in the last volume. And it had Cap, you know, wrestling with those bunch of burly big guys. And one of them had that tattoo on his sleeve on his arm had donna marie's face and i thought to myself that's a beautiful tattoo yeah <laughs> gonna gonna get one yeah get one. i'll, I'll design it. it for you i'm an artist i'll design it for you and i'll and i'll let rick decide where it will go on your right <laughs> oh oh that's great well it's it's um yeah kirby but we all know you know kirby there's other things going on, Kirby, you know, the imagination, that creative engine of the ideas, but the dynamic artwork, the action. So you go to Kirby for that. So I've been appreciating that more the last few years, you know, certainly the, the Captain America stuff and Avengers always enjoyed that, but, you know, starting to look at his uh, DC stuff and realize, Hey, maybe I need to, to give that another shot and enjoy it more. Oh yeah. His new God stuff is amazing. Uh, all right. So one last question for me, uh, obviously you, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're a listener of the show. We appreciate, uh, you know, you being a long time listener. Um, what song should Bob sing, uh, if he does not win the 10 pound bet? Well, the obvious choice is the, the sixties, uh, cartoon, right? Yeah, we could. Good. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful but, song. Uh, maybe the Star Spangled Man. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, let's see what else could be out there. I mean, does it have to be Captain America related? Oh no, no, no. We we actually prefer it not to be. Uh, I, like some I, of well, the. I'm I'm thinking Culture Club. I'll tumble for you. you get <laughs> oh, that's a that's a classic. Because yeah. you know Do- Doughboy didn't get his own song. Uh-huh. We'll put uh-huh. that out. So. Uh-huh. Um, but then the Tumblr. Yeah. Okay. All right. All and right. Rick, and how about Rick? A little uh, Human League. Uh, little, uh... <laughs> if I lose the bet, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Don't what, you what want song? me, baby? What song should I sing if if uh, if I lose the bet? Well, that's a great one for a duet. So both of you do that. So if, if you're ever stuck in karaoke, sing that song because you can do it with, with at least two people. And it right, right, yeah, awesome. Well, Ralph, we've really enjoyed having you on the show. Thanks for for agreeing to come on and chatting with us about you know your uh, epic international cap collection uh, and and what got you started uh, and and just being an overall big cap fan so we we've enjoyed uh rapid cap with you well thank you guys i enjoyed this all right uh well that's ralph warner he's bob lucius and i'm rick Verbonis, and you've been listening to another episode of the captain america comic book fans podcast